they say in podcasting that there is, um, there's the episode and there's everything else. That's the old adage, yep, in podcasting there's, (laughs) there's the episode and there's everything else. That's how it goes. That's the slogan of this podcast, um, affectionately known as Goodbye Mellow Brick Road. A lot of people, a lot of people ask me, I hear Dave, just like that, like Goofy falling off a cliff, I hear them ask me, why is it called Goodbye Mellow Brick Road? Oh my god, all the emails I get about this question. So many emails. Dave, why is it called Goodbye Mellow Brick Road? Dave, why is it called Goodbye Mellow Brick Road? Look, everybody. I am but a man who does this podcast. And the reason it's called that is not actually because uh, my name is Mellow. It's just because um, I, I was reading Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. And I was like, wow, a sequel to a classic book. That's what a way to read. And I was like, what other sequels to classic books are out there? And I thought, what about The Wizard of Oz? And then I was like, well, The Yellow Brick Road is what you got to follow in The Wizard of Oz. And... (sighs) Oh, sorry about that. Um, and I thought, so you got to follow the Yellow Brick Road, but what are you going to do in the sequel? Leave the Yellow Brick Road? Pfft, goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. And then, when I was uploading the podcast, I made a typo. Oopsies, I made a typo, and instead of yellow, I wrote mellow. And that's how the title came to be, so you can all stop Sending me the email now. Alright, what are we what are we talking about today? Um It's a good one. This is a guest who I've been circling the podcast with for a long time. I would say a couple months, maybe eight or nine, a whole pregnancy. And, uh, so I reached out to her. I was like, yo. Yo. Hey, yo. Oh, God. I was like, yo, let's do a podcast. I'd, I would go down to spittoon a bullfrog. That's how it went, the conversation. Oh, God. Um... So I asked her, I was like, let's do it. Let's do it. Any topic ever. And um, eventually we agreed. <laughs> we agreed to talk about Lord songs. And this is the, if you want to talk about Lord, this is the number one person to talk to. Even more than Lord. Like, if I had the choice between talking about Lord with Lord or with this guest, I would choose this guest 
whose name is Anna Autry Campbell. Yes! Yes! It's Isn't it great? Um, Anna Autry has all of the best qualities you could want in a person. And I felt like, like when, okay, so there's like a, there's a Scrubs, uh, uh, rewatch podcast going on right now. And, uh, it's hosted by Zach Braff and Donald Faison, who are very active on social media. So it made sense that a lot of the guests they had to talk about Scrubs from Scrubs were people who were also active on social media, like, in that kind of way, like, you hear from them a lot, like, they had, like, Bill Lawrence on and such. And Anna Autry is not very active um, on social media, and I and I and you, the best way to keep in contact with her is like if, when you're actually like in person with her, which I used to be. And so when I actually reached out to her and she said yes, I felt like I was getting like Ken Jenkins on the podcast about like I was like oh this is amazing like this is the best thing ever, um, because. You know, it's just, it's great to have these people who you don't necessarily hear from or or reach out to too often, um, but you want to and you miss them very much, and then they say yes to being on the podcast, and it's like, oh, this is the best thing ever, this is why I do it, because I like to hear from everyone. And Anna Autry is one of the best, honestly, like, when I worked with her, she was absolutely one of my favorite people to work with, um... I felt like we were kindred spirits down in Orlando. Like we had like pretty much identical sense of humor. Um, and she gave me a couple ride home rides home, which was always, that was always fun. And, uh, I don't know. She's just, she's really one of, one of the, one of the great people of the world. So it was my absolute delight and pleasure and honor to have her talking about Lord with me this week. Anna Autry, you're the best. Uh, I miss you. I love you. You're the greatest whoever did it. Um, I hope you're. I hope nothing but the best for you. Um, and we recorded this a couple months ago at the outside of the pandemic, and so hope you're still staying safe. And everyone enjoy top five Lord songs with Anna Autry Campbell, who's just the greatest. It would be the perfect thing for everyone that's trying to escape the news. I mean, uh, yeah, like if you're like, oh, if there's any way that I could potentially spend uh, my time, it would definitely be consuming as much information about the coronavirus as I possibly can. And, cause, and then as soon as I finish this podcast, I'm going to go right back to Twitter, check that, see what's going on on Twitter, and then go back to other course. podcasts. Well, that's of what, course. Because it doesn't cause anxiety, and it's really <laughs> happy and fun and entertaining, and just just a grand time, honestly. So I don't know why we would talk about Lord when <laughs> obviously we have better things to talk about. Did you see the? Uh, I I got um a a email. Uh, about my screen time for the past week on the iPhone, and I was like, this should not be allowed. They should stop this. <laughs> no, I know. I, I've i seen that, too, and it just feels like a guilt trip. Like, like you know, they're just sitting there at Apple, like, 
oh gosh, did you see what Dave clocked this week? <laughs> like, get a life. Honestly, I, I, I kind of hate myself when I read that. I think for me, <laughs> like my self-care is like, oh, I will divide my time between my devices and feel successful because of it. I'll be like, I'll spend a little bit on my phone, then a little on my laptop, and then a little on TV, and then I'll play a little little Animal Crossing, and then I'll, you know, go back to my phone, <laughs> and I might read a book a little bit in there, and then like do quiet time, and then I'm back to my laptop. <laughs> like, it's definitely, it's almost addicting. Like, I, like, I, like, keep refreshing. I'm like, oh, I need more coronavirus stories. I'm so addicted to this. Well, I know. Like, I'm so used to it now. Like, I gave up Instagram for Lent, so it's really been me and Twitter. And, like, <laughs> which is, like, kind of horrible. <laughs> like, so, like, all the time, I'm like, oh, I need to keep refreshing and seeing, you know, how's Italy doing? What's Spain up to? You know, what's the East Coast doing right now? Like... Yeah, I think I've just I've almost gotten myself used to this just constant onslaught of like knowing everything there is to know, like every article, every politician's move, and like I need to calm down. <laughs> it really doesn't yeah. do much good for us either. Like, are we better for knowing all this stuff? Well, I know because it's like all we can do is quarantine. It's not like we we need to be checking up on you know what bill is trying to be passed because we have to go vote on it. Like. <laughs> We're literally just sitting here and, like, doing all we can, which, I mean, is still helping by sitting here, which is incredible. But, um, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it doesn't really help us to know anything. So, I don't know. Well, fortunately, we have, we have the, um, the great distraction that is uh, Lord, one of our best modern pop stars. Uh, oh, yes. I remember... Some of my favorite nights back in back in the old college program where you gave me a ride home and we would just listen to Lord. That was the jam. No, that was so much fun. I think some of my favorite memories really are driving people home <laughs> from work. Like, I got to know so many people that way. Um, and a lot of um, international cast members lived at Vista as well. And so, like, I just would meet people from all over the world and just, I mean, because I'd see everyone walking to the bus and it always made me so sad because I knew what that meant for them, like, to have to ride on that bus, all the horror stories. So, yeah, I just load them up in my car and we would listen to whatever music and uh, I just, yeah, I love those car rides with you and discovering our love for Lord. What I, a bonding moment. I remember um, sitting in the break room with you once, and I got, like, a brown sugar and cinnamon Pop-Tart from the vending machine, and I ate it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is the best Pop-Tart ever. And you, like, slammed down on the table, and you're like, someone finally said it. And, <laughs> and then that night, we drove home with Lord, and so this morning, I had a brown sugar and cinnamon Pop-Tart to honor that. It's so nice. <laughs> And I can't believe we drove to Lord. <laughs> I mean, she is one of the great... All the way home. She's a great singer. She's only had two albums, but there's. I, it was so hard to narrow the list down despite that. Oh my gosh, I know. And I was just... 
I did some research, as any public relations <laughs> major would do, and, like, just realizing, because I knew she was young, but I guess I didn't think, like, her first album, she was 16, and how successful it was, and well-produced, and just, like, and, and also, it's not like she was born and raised in L.A. or something, like, she grew up in, like, Auckland, New Zealand, and which is like not a place that's known for like spitting out a gazillion stars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so just, uh, I love her. And then during the college program, me and Haley got to see her in Tampa. Oh, wow. Um, which I'll also talk about later. But she, uh, we got the tickets like a few weeks before the concert and we ended up, we ended up getting second row, which was oh amazing. God. Um, but uh, she's just so cool. Like, she's so, so cool. And just such a, like, natural talent. And uh, I'm obsessed with her. I'm waiting for a new album. Yes, we need a new album. It's been three years. We need, a, we need a third. I know. And I think what's cool is I was kind of looking through, like, when she released the albums and how old she was. I just feel like with her being close to our age, I think she's 23 right now. Like, like it feels like we're growing up with her. And so hearing like pure heroin in high school, like everything in both albums always felt so relatable and like applicable to the time that we're in, you know, because like she's expressing all these emotions in this beautiful poetic way. And I'm like, yes, someone like gets it. And like, and she just, expresses it in a much cooler way than being like oh i feel lonely like she writes this beautiful song about it and i don't know it's just cool to have an artist like that to where like the next album she does release i'm like oh i'm sure i'm gonna be able to relate to this just as much as the other ones did because listening to pure heroin now like it feels so young and like just you know being an adolescent and like kind of juvenile but when I think back to it I'm like well that is what it is like a 16 year old wrote this and like I'm like myself as a 16 year old like completely related to it but like now as a 22 year old like that isn't something I would listen to and relate to it as much as I do like melodrama which I really relate to so Mm -hmm. I don't know I think that's cool like to kind of be like going through similar things as she is obviously not like the same because we're not you know superstars but it's pretty crazy yeah yeah I mean, <laughs> you said it very well um, we she she really is kind of like a, a voice of this generation we are growing at the same time as her it's sort of like just growing up with that mm-hmm. and the next album surely will have to deal with some of the things that i'm sure we've been thinking about over the past year and maybe even the next year uh, depending on whenever yeah. she gets that out, but yeah, I think, and she was also, she also was just, uh, I remember when she released that 2013 album, The Pure Heroine, people were like, like, it wasn't just like your average, like, pop star came out with a new album, and all these, like, feelings about being young, but it was like, really, it was like, really thoughtful, too, like, it wasn't just, like, like uh-huh. you said, it wasn't just about, like, oh, I'm lonely, it was really kind of these nuanced feelings that it even like even david bowie was like she's a she's the real deal she is way ahead of her time and mm-hmm. it, it makes them both timeless absolutely timeless albums yeah 
Yeah, I think when I first heard the album, my inclination was not at all, oh, someone around, like, basically my age wrote this. Like, I think my immediate assumption was this person has 100% got to be older than me because, like you're saying, like, the way she was expressing herself, the way she understood her own emotions and knew how to communicate them in a way that had, like, a depth and had a way that would seem incredibly relevant to us on top of just how good the music itself was but to me i was like okay you know didn't even think twice i was like this is someone that's older than me and then finding out she was basically my age i was like okay <laughs> hold on <laughs> and i remember too thinking like these songs are kind of weird in a great way and like thinking like this is not someone because i at this age and i was like 15 16 like I was getting more and more into like alternative music and being like, oh, I'm so different. I'm so cool. Look at me. I, I, I like weird stuff. <laughs> and like, and hearing her become so popular and thinking like, this is stuff that is not on the radio. It's not like necessarily pop pop to where like she can find some kind of formula and be like, this is what every pop song sounds like. So this is what I'll emulate and I'll continue doing. Like she was 16 and she was like, I'm, not only going to like write these great songs, but also make them sound so different from what most people were used to hearing and then have it end up on like radios in America and stuff like that, like was like blew my mind. I thought it was so impressive. I, you said it, you said it absolutely beautifully. Um, Lord is endlessly impressive. Um, uh, and I'll I'll get into the list here to keep that conversation going. I'll start with mine, uh, my number five. That way we can go back and forth, and that way we end on you, end on a good note. Um, my number five is Ribs. Um, it's I feel like it's a uh, kind of a lot of people's like I feel like a lot of people I talk to about Lord they say that this is their favorite, and you know it's for good reason too. It's kind of uh, it's from it's from her first album, The Pure Heroine, um, and she. It's just, the whole thing is just kind of like, it's kind of perfectly realized. Like the whole, uh, the, the lyrical element of it is what really drew me to it because I, I like to write, um, and I enjoy writing, but I can never write poetry or songs. And I'm super jealous of people who can, because I think that's such a more complete way of telling a story. Like you can get all these emotions across in one, in one line, one lyric that I struggle to even do in like pages and pages and pages of writing um yeah and ribs i think is a perfect example of that um just like we can talk it so good we can make it so divine we can talk it good how you wish it would be all the time like it's not the most um like uh it's not it's not like the craziest rhymes or it's not the craziest like uh even like words to put into a song for lack of a better word but just that feeling is so succinctly put um through like she has like two refrains and and it's not really even that lyrically complex but when she ends with that like this dream isn't feeling sweet it's just oh it gets me every time and this like anthem uh -huh. to, to being young and to having this youth it's uh it's it felt very almost like kind of like john hughesian with the breakfast club like my mom and dad let me stay home it drives you crazy getting old like uh -huh. that, it's just uh what a it's such a unique uh idea of what it means to be young i think in ribs 
Yeah, no, I agree. I was just looking up the lyrics and just hearing it in my head, and I totally agree. Like, just, I don't know. She's just so different, and just looking at the lyrics and hearing the way she sings them, like you're saying, it's this very direct, hitting, quick, like, here are my emotions, try to digest them as quickly as possible. And I think you're right. I think so much of her albums and her songs are her art are, are, is her articulating like this is what youth felt like to me and it, you know there's going to be a lyric a song for anyone that they can relate to and and i think the way she breaks it down like you're saying kind of in like a poetic form and i, I think too i mean i was thinking about this for other songs as well she kind of her lyrics kind of read like, I guess, like this new age poetry we're seeing, like Ruby Carr and Madison Kuhn or Kahn, I want to say, like to where it's this, you know, like the some people make fun of the format on Twitter and stuff, but that broken up lines where it's like, I walk, enter, with a, enter, like, lint, enter, enter, you know, like this kind of like dramatic, you know, there's not a lot of as much imagery or, you know, as drawn out or metaphorical as older poetry was. And I think she kind of uses that in her songs, but, but I think it's impactful. I think it's successful in the sense that like, it is something that you can connect to and something that you can imagine for yourself. And it is very, you know, simple in different ways, but it's, you know, I think for ribs, it's kind of this dizzy like presentation of, you know, here's how I felt and just leaving it on the table and, you know, you can pick out pieces of it and be like, oh, that reminds me of when I was, you know, young or the, the yeah, I don't know. I just, I think oh, she's just so good at what she does. And I think that's a big reason why she speaks to the younger audience is because she, it's like, I'm going to present like these Maybe emotions or experiences we've had when we were younger or we have now that we aren't able to fully even comprehend why do I feel this way or even what is it that I'm feeling, if that makes sense. No, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Uh, that's definitely, I think you you kind of gave me the vocabulary to think about how I feel about this song in a much more articulate way because that was really kind of what I was deriving from that, like what you take away from your youth and how you feel about what you take away and if it wasn't if it was enough if you felt like you got enough out of your youth while you had it or especially like not necessarily like youth in general but like youth as she had it like being a teenager because like we're not teenagers anymore like did we have the teenagehood that we were hoping for and because that's it you don't get another shot at it so but yeah I think, I think that was a great way of putting it for sure um but what do you what do you have as your number five uh lord song yeah, so mine's kind of similar. I, I chose it kind of for the same reasons, and I'll kind of preface all of my choices where, like, for the most part, I chose songs that, like, for the lyrics more so than the sound of the song, because there's some songs that I think are a little catchier than these that I didn't include, because for me, I connect to Lord more so, as we've talked about, because of her lyrics and what she's presenting. Right. Um, and so... And also, like, for personally, like, what I connected to in the past or now. So for five, I put Love Club or The Love Club, whatever it is. And the reason for that is, first off, it's just kind of like a fun song. Like, it's, 
like my I was playing it yesterday in my kitchen and my mom came in and just immediately started dancing to it but the lyrics um kind of contradict it in the sense where they're basically saying like for me what it meant especially listening to it when I was in high school it was this kind of like illusion of happiness found in being popular and being liked and and she talks about this lyric where like I don't know exactly but like where you're forced to be apart from those who watch you grow up and this idea that in order to be enough or to be happy or to feel secure or to have others like you like you have to cut off everyone you're currently friends with and like I can remember in middle school like that first year where like all of a sudden anything anyone cared about was being cool and I was like, what are, what's happening? I thought everyone was everyone's friends and I don't get it. And so all of a sudden, like there were these people I was friends with who I was like, oh, you're not cool, which means that like you're not enough, which means I'm not enough. And so I have to kind of distance myself from you, which obviously like is not okay and not a good thing. But like when I was young, like that was that illusion of like, if I look like them or talk like them or if they accept me, like then I have value or worth. And I think we can all relate to that on some level and I think this whole idea of the love club which once you get into it as she expresses in the song like it's horrible like you don't want to be a part of it anymore like none of it's true happiness you're you've been separated from everyone who knows and loves the true you and like I just think the love club for different in different ways continues our whole life like there's always going to be this illusion of like you know, if I'm with these people doing these things, then, like, I'll be happy enough or I'll be good enough. And I, I think the irony of the song, obviously, is it's called The Love Club. And it's, once you're in it, there's no love, nothing's authentic. And also, like, that fun beat, like, with my mom coming to dance to it, like, at first look, it sounds really light and fun and airy and you you want to celebrate it and you want to dance to it but then you start looking at the reality of it and the lyrics she's singing and you're like oh this is not any of those things so for me that's why it's my number five just because I think there's always a love club that we could be striving after and also just because of the different elements of the song that she put in to kind of contradict one another yeah that's a definitely one of the deep cuts i wasn't even expecting um that i didn't even consider it for my list i just completely kind of forgotten about it but it's 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 exactly what you said it's a great song um definitely uh all too relatable like you kind of wish that you wouldn't have to relate to it but i feel like like you said mm -hmm. most people can um but yeah it's, it is a great juxtaposition with those lyrics um they are not they're not they're not telling a happy story really at all and um but it is a super light-hearted especially in lords like she is a pop like artist but mm -hmm. her her songs are usually on like the at least on the darker side somewhere and even in like minor key and like to have this like super light-hearted one at least uh in terms of sound was is it it's something of a departure but it's obviously it tell it's quite a it's almost like a why it's very wise of a song to have as well um and, uh -huh. and her experiences clearly she knew like she had these experiences and she just knew how to put them into a song almost like right out of the gate perfectly and i think it's it's a great pick for sure um yeah. 
uh, going to uh, my number four. I have one from her uh, her most recent album, Melodrama. I have Homemade Dynamite. Um, this is one where I almost thought about not putting it on the list because I've listened to it so much that I'm kind of like over it now. Like, uh-huh. like I kind of ruined it for myself by listening to it too much. But I was like, I got to still put it on the list because obviously there's a reason I listened to it a lot in the first place. Yeah. Uh, and I do love it. Like, I like the both the original and the remix are, I think, are pretty great. Um, the remix has like uh, SZA and uh, Khalid on it. Uh, but but it's really like just how there's like it's kind of like broken up into sections and um she she sing the way when i'll talk about her own version instead of the remix but um just the way she sings the like the usually i don't like the stuttering like the the, 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 the dynamite and but like she kind of like crushes it and uh it kind of even like her own voice kind of like brought percussion to it which sounded kind of kind of interesting um and it's like a it's almost had like an r&b kind of flair to it uh which i enjoyed as well that she would kind of go out into that um into that realm a little bit go like go away from the art pop a little bit to delve into that and um just like melodically i I was really a fan of like her tone on it for sure it's uh it sounded almost like a lana del rey kind of song and i thought i think that's a good avenue for her to work into yeah, no, I agree. I'm trying to picture it in my head, and for some reason I can't fully get it. But I do think, like, so for me personally, melodrama, I like more than pure heroin. I love both of them, but I think melodrama, because the sound matured and the lyrics did as well, and like we said, it, you know, as we both also matured with her, it's more relatable. And I think, um, yeah, I definitely like Homemade Dynamite for sure. And I think, like... Her, her sound is already unique, even from the first album. And I remember hearing the first album and knowing, like, this is not, like, a static artist. Like, she's not going to release album after album to where it all sounds the same. Like, it almost seemed like she set herself up from the beginning to experiment and, you know, with the different sounds and how she produced the songs or others helped her produce it and the lyrics and all of it kind of set her up to be like, okay, you can do whatever you want. Like, you don't have this super concrete, like, every song sounds the same sound, so you can, you know, just make these songs whatever you want them to be. So I think she did herself, obviously, a great favor in that. Absolutely. Um, It's... I I would agree with you as well that that, um, melodrama is probably my favorite. Um... But what do you what do you have coming in for for your number four song? All right, so my number four was my favorite song in high school off of Pure Heroin, and it was uh, Four Hundred Lux. Okay. And yeah, and the reason for that, because um, it's definitely by far not her most like intricate song in terms of lyrics at all. But I'm not to look up the lyrics, but. Um, but for me, this was the closest one to that kind of, like, you know, new age poetry to where it's just, like, very, very, like, straightforward. Like, her the line of, like, you pick up, like, you get me orange juice or, you know, whatever it is. But I remember listening to it and in high school, and it was just such a simple 
simple picture of like having a crush on someone or just a relationship in general to where it's like, you know, it's not about, she was expressing kind of love or infatuation without having to be super like intricate or over the top or anything like that. Like it wasn't like, Oh, my heart's racing. I have butterflies. It was like, we go on drives together and you pick up food or you pick up drinks for me and just kind of, you know, the quieter, more softer parts of relationships. It's like I hadn't been in one in high school at the time. So it's not like I could hardcore relate, but like being in one now, <laughs> especially just kind of those moments of like, you know, it's great when someone gets you like flowers or buys you gifts, but like those moments to where like, it's just comfortable. They feel like home. There's a routine there. There's something there that you just feel safe. And you know what to expect in a really beautiful way. And so I think that's why that's my number four pick. Um, because, I, I mean, again, it's just such a, a beautiful, simple picture. It's like, you know, in movies where, like, you just see these... I don't know. I used to hate romance movies when I was younger because they always seemed so fake and over-the-top. And you never got to really witness the process of them falling in love. So it just didn't feel authentic, even though I had never been in love at the time. But I was like, this is fake. <laughs> but I like certain movies. Like, I don't know if you've seen Remember Me with Robert Pattinson. I have not. Uh, okay, it's a gut-wrenching movie. But it shows them falling, him and I forget the girl's name, falling in love at a much, much slower pace than most movies. And the way they express that is like those small moments where like they like order Chinese takeout and staying and cuddle and like, you know, they have their first fight and it's like not this dumb fight that when it happened, it's authentic and real. And just those tiny moments of intimacy that, you know, every couple witnesses. So I think that's why I connected to it. Well, that's, I think that's really quite lovely. Um, I definitely like this. I like that song as well. It's a it's a classic, Lord. Um, mm -hmm. I like the uh, now we're wearing long sleeves and the heating comes on. We're getting good at this kind of that. Like like you said, the routine of it and but especially not just like a. It's like a lot of times you can see like romantic routines as being like portrayed as a bad thing, but mm -hmm. if you really like if you love the person, then that's like the best thing in the world because you just get to hang out with your favorite person all day, and that's the mm -hmm. best. That's the dream. Uh, and yeah, like you said, like, uh, I had like one sort of not even really a relationship during high school, but I, uh, this song, I was like, mm, yeah, Lord gets it. Even though I had no idea what I was talking about, uh, 400 Lux. It's a great one. Um, for sure. Uh, and I think also there's a bit of an element to it, uh, which could kind of bring me into my number three, which it has elements of, uh, 400 Lux. It reminded me of like, it reminds me of like a really great and a really impeccably written Taylor Swift song. Like, uh, mm, okay. Are you a Taylor Swift fan? I, like, I'm trying to think, is the album with her in the purple dress, Fearless? Yeah. That was, like, the last one that I really got into, but then I watched her Netflix documentary, and I was like, okay, she is so cool. So then I started <laughs> listening to Love Her More, and it's not my go-to, her style of music, but I still think she's really cool. 
I've I've gotten super into uh, Taylor recently thanks to the Lover album and the other documentary as well. She's uh-huh. I'm a I'm a big fan, and I just I think she she has a really like a really great songwriting ability where and a lot uh-huh. of it all of it obviously is geared towards uh love and romance and uh even like lost loves but just uh uh-huh. just this the 400 lux really reminds me of that with uh where it's just sort of specific memories picked out like when i think of now where uh when she when taylor swift sings a uh and all too well she sings like dancing in the refrigerator light it reminds me of that kind of thing like like the heating comes on like these very specific memories and you just kind of put them away for later into a song and it's and it makes it a good transition into my number three because i think this one also is similar to taylor swift in a way it's writer in the dark also from melodrama um Mm -hmm. i think this has a lot of uh swiftian elements to it um both well they're both uh writers of course um yeah and there's also like and in writer in the dark she says like i am my mother's child that comes back a couple times and there's like that that knowledge of like where we learn our love from and how we carry that love forward into our other relationships um oh yeah and it's super uh super poetic obviously i think a song called writer in the dark would have to be poetic um (laughs) and to feel like you're not enough is something that's also in a lot of Taylor Swift, uh, her music, but Lord is like a, a master. She like all of, all of the way she wrote, uh, uh, this song is just really kind of perfect, uh, interpretation of that, of that, uh, the loneliness that you kind of inflict upon yourself. Um, or, or even like, uh, I guess it's kind of like a, the song is about somebody she's not with anymore. But uh, but still has still has a great deal of love for and I guess maybe interpreting that that person maybe that person was good for you at the time and uh-huh. was really and you both came into each other's lives at the perfect moment but you weren't ever meant to be together so you kind of went in separate directions but you still have that love you still don't know what to do with that love so you you think of it maybe as resentment like oh I wish I never loved in the first place so I feel like that's kind of what writer in the dark kind of kind of nails perfectly that feeling. Yeah, no, that's actually my number three choice as well. Oh, perfect. Which is crazy. But yeah, I, for for somewhat similar reasons for myself, but yeah, I think uh, this song was my favorite off of melodrama, and I have so many different, like, emotions um, when thinking of it. Uh, uh, They're all coming to me now. But, (laughs) But yeah, I think like you're saying like it's just a beautiful beautiful song it is poetic everything about it just i think takes a hold of you and makes you listen and i think it's just beautifully written i think it sounds amazing and and one of the things that i remember like listening to the album on my headphones when it came out and i could be mistaken it could be in my head but like whenever this song would come on like the way it was produced, it sounded to me like she was closer or like she was even like in the same room as you. Like it just, there was this clarity there as if she was like sat down next to you telling you the story. And in the concert, or at the concert, she sang the whole song sitting down. So like there were elements of the concert where there was like lighting and dancing and fog and her changing outfits. But like this moment, she had like a white dress on and she just sat down and just, like, sang the whole song. And 
it just obviously is incredibly personal to her. I mean, all of them are, but I was actually reading like the little genius lyrics on Spotify with this and they pulled up quotes from an interview with her where she said that she was with the person she was writing about the song with, like at the time she was writing it and they were like in bed together and he was asleep and she like was on her side, like typing it into her phone. (laughs) (laughs) And, and so she said like her quote was like, I feel like a witch because she was saying like, as a writer, she has the ability to immortalize people like Taylor Swift, like any writer to where you're like, you can't shake her basically. Like you, like you've been in her life, you've impacted her. And like, now that story is for the masses. And, um, I think, I mean, Taylor Swift would get criticized for the same thing. And, but I think it's impossible to ask an artist Mm -hmm. to not take something as impactful as being in love with someone and especially having your heart broken or, you know, both of y'all's hearts broken and walking away from that and being like, okay, now process those feelings, internalize them, and do not express them through your form of art. Like, don't, don't write about it. Don't, don't sing about it. Don't sing it to other people. And, and yeah, I think like, and I think also too, because I used to write like way more often, especially in high school. I used to like, I toured college as a film major wanting to write films or TV shows. And I used to write poetry, not great, but I used to write poetry. So I think too, a part of me was like, oh, this is me. And like, it's not like, I, you know, but um, I don't know. I just think this song for me, like touches on the different, you know, personal points for myself. And also, like I said, how well written it is, how personal it feels, how I, I felt like she was pulling me into her, like, her bedroom and was like girl I need to tell you this story about like me and this guy and like what that was like um and yeah and I think for her too it's it's, it's empowering like she's saying like you know I'm surprised like maybe should feel bad for sharing this or being able to immortalize you because I'm a great writer and I, and I write these songs and put them out there but I think it was her saying like but I don't care like you know this is how I feel and I want to be able to acknowledge the bad parts of our relationship and what I took from them and also celebrate the good parts and be able to like give that to other people. I think absolutely, absolutely that's right. Um, uh, that's, it's the real deal. Like really like it's, uh, and I think when you write, like sometimes it like you can, you kind of save something like you are like, it's not quite the same of what's going on in writer in the dark but if like if you like lose like a loved one if you write that down like if you write down stories or experiences you had with them you save that person like they're not with anymore but that's you're putting them back into the world a little bit um and obviously a relationship isn't quite the same but if you lose that relationship if it's something that you still have a lot of love for you can save it if you write it down and remember how it made you feel and maybe she's it's obviously it's always tough to write about other people but i mean what are we supposed to write about everything comes from our connections to other people it's got to come from somewhere yeah i saw this tumblr quote and of course it's a little uh, dramatic but it was saying that like i you know i think we only write when we are like in love or really sad 
And, like, for a long time, like, that's all I wrote about was, like, oh, this person hurt me. I need to write about it. Or, like, oh, I have a crush or I'm infatuated with this person. And I think, like, obviously there's – I look back on, like, poems from high school. And and you're exactly right. We're, like, I feel like poems and writing and all of this is, like, you're taking a picture of someone. And it can only be so fluid. Like, you can only make – you can only round them out so much because, like, two weeks later something else could have happened or two years later they're – they could be a totally different person, but for the time being, you're able, like you were saying, to capture, like, you know, this is this person, but it's unique, too, because it's only from your perspective. It's only through how you feel for them, and everything is influenced by that. And so I think it's cool for me to be able to look back at writing in high school and be like, I feel completely different, like, differently, for, like, for this person, but I can still feel these emotions and feel how I felt when I was younger just by reading like a little poem or like a little story that I wrote. That's absolutely, absolutely a perfect way to put it. Um, they are these snapshots. Um, and I will say like, uh, uh, the, uh, a children's author and illustrator, Tommy De Paola, who I used to love growing up, he just passed away yesterday and, he always kind of did like he he wrote books for children but a lot of like he wrote but he wrote like from like his own perspective like it was like a memoir almost blended with children's literature where he would tell these stories about um his grandmother like Streganona is his like grandmother and um uh like how he would he went to see Snow White it was like the first movie he ever saw in a theater way back in the 30s and he would when they moved that he like drew on the walls before the walls got replastered so these drawings of like him and his family members would always be up in the house and that's like i can imagine like i and when i was like a kid i tried to imitate that like so much but i can imagine for him to to kind of put that down and keep that in a book it is in a, it not only is like saving it but it's like you said like it's it can bring you right back to that and if you forget some of the details you can still like one all you need is like one little trigger part of the memory to be right back there and it's and that's like what uh i think songs can do better than anything else because i i hear like one of the songs that used to play in like the tunnels at disney for example and i'm right back two years ago like oh man and it's just the feeling you get from the from like the music like the lyrics can do it on their own too and but the sound of it it just you're right back there and I think that's part of what is so great about Lord too, is just like, they are, like you said, snapshots where you, you just come right back to where you were either when you heard it for the first time, or if you're Lord, you can come back to where you are when you wrote it. Oh yeah. It's creepy. Like when I like hearing a song and having, like you're saying that trigger and being like, Oh, I remember like binging this album or this song, like at this age, like, on the school bus or things like that, like when I was younger. And like, it, it's like, I wouldn't have, like I had no recollection of that until you hear that first chord and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm eighth grade on a school bus. Like, <laughs> it's so, so strange how songs can do that. I think that's very true and an excellent way to transition into my number two song, which whenever I hear it, I'm a, I am once again a sophomore in high school. Um, uh, it's and it's 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 gonna be considered maybe it'll be considered a basic pick but i still love it it's i have royals um all the way at number two um 
it's probably for I would say most people, myself included, the way we found out about found out about Lord. Um, yes, it's what I heard for the first time. It's her biggest hit, and it's still so perfect and fully realized and. I did a podcast about my favorite songs of the decade and I put it right up there in my, in my top five for the decade too. It, it's just, it's, it's really good. And it's really good for a reason. Like I think a lot of people will dismiss like any hit that comes on the radio, but this one, like people, I think people recognize its greatness right out of the gate. Like, I mean, just obviously, like we said, so ahead of her time, like thinking about things that didn't even cross my mind to the point where I couldn't even really fully understand what these lyrics meant at the age of, I guess I was 15 when it came out. Uh And it's still just like, I mean, musically, it sounds incredible. Like she is perfect in it. She has such a unique tone and it's completely her own. She's always like just hitting every part of it perfectly. But then the lyrics too, like... Like she's thrown out references to so many different things that as a 15 year old, I had no idea about, but she was obviously thinking about and consciously putting them into her art, which is just remarkable. And I think Royals will stand the test of time as one of the great songs of this era, basically. Yeah, no, I think that that is like, has to be honored in this um, podcast. Like it, I mean, it definitely is what got people's attention. And like you're saying, for good reason. Like, this wasn't at all your average song on the radio. Like, it stood out for so many reasons. And, like, looking at the lyrics now, like, some of it, like, I mean, when I was younger, I don't think I even, like you're saying, realized, like, what I was singing. (laughs) Like, it's definitely, like I said, like, she followed no formula. There was nothing about this where she was like, I want this to be, like, just plain catchy and that's all and I don't care about the lyrics they're like you can tell just how much work she put into all of her music and no I definitely agree like that is definitely a standout song and for good reason and I don't think it's like you were saying just because like oh it's a radio hit like I mean it it's different and it shows in a lot of ways absolutely it is It'll go down as one of the great Lord songs, I believe, and uh, it deser- it deserves it, I think. Um, but what do you have coming in? Do you have do you even have a number two song, or are you, are you just going straight? Do you just do one, three, four, five? Um, I have a number two, and I struggled with my number two. I struggled with ranking all of these, but because for me, I'm like, if I did like my top five for me personally, it would have been in a different order. But I was i don't know i was like i don't think like i feel like i needed to include it include other ones that that might have not been like my natural pick but i did um i wrote down like supercut slash perfect places and supercut for the sense that like i think it sounds great first off like it is just like the way she did it is such a cool song um it's quick and I think that like it is in line with the whole concept of the song to where it was one of my favorite songs at the time and it kind of goes back to that whole idea of like you know being young and being infatuated with people to where like you know any almost relationship or any crush or anything like that like you you take in the tiniest details 
and like you play them over and over in your head and I think at the time that's what I related to and it's kind of silly thinking back to now because I'm like I like I said like I didn't date anyone in high school like so it you know it's interesting but I don't know I think it's relatable I think it's a really cool song just the whole concept to where and it doesn't even have to be like romantic relationships certain friendships to where you are basically nostalgic for them you think back to like you know here are the highlights here are these moments that were so good and they're all I think about and you can even kind of push aside or forget the more negative moments and romanticize things and then for perfect places I think I would put that a little bit above supercut just for this concept again that you can relate to basically your whole life where it's just this idea that there's a perfect place like there is just it's attainable and if you keep trying hard enough you'll get there and I think it's interesting in the song and even like hearing her talk about it to where she said she was like going in between New Zealand and the U.S. and like her friends in New Zealand were like going out and partying and drinking and like this idea that like like she was saying like herself and her friends were trying to get to a perfect place by like removing themselves from their own reality and so it's almost as if like there's some perfect place that is not like reachable just by living on earth like it's like it, there's it's just one step higher like if, and the song talks about you know like if you like drink enough or party enough or like sleep around enough or something like you could get there if you just yeah you know, I think that's a relatable thing for a lot of people around our age especially in college and and I think at the same time like that perfect place could mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people to where it's that whole mentality of like the grass is greener on the other side but she expresses it in a much more beautiful way to where we just are like killing ourselves like doing whatever we can to try to like get to this place that doesn't exist at least on earth like it, it's like okay like if I I mean it kind of is re like related to the love club in a sense to where it's just like we drive ourselves crazy and what we're left with is like we're, we're never satisfied we're never content we're never grateful because we always think something's going to be better and this isn't good enough and so you know and kind of a lot of her songs like you know we've talked about it's kind of this like look back like you were saying with um like ribs this look back on you know childhood or adolescence and thinking wasn't enough was it all that I wanted it to be? And I think a lot of the time we spend our present so badly wanting a different future that once we're in like that future, we look back and we're like, I didn't even enjoy myself or I didn't, I wasn't grateful or content or happy because I just kept looking for something that wasn't there in the first place. So I think for me, like there isn't a perfect place, but there's, Plenty of places are great, but I think we miss them because we just keep thinking like, well, what if there is a perfect place? And I think I did that a lot in college. Looking back now as like a senior about to kind of graduate. I don't know how to, I mean, but like a lot of times in college, I was like, what if there's like a different college I would like more or a different major or blah, 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 blah. And like the amount of time I spent not being like, 
grateful. You know, I think it definitely takes away from stuff. So that's why that's my number two. I mean, they're both great, great songs. Uh, I will say that they are um, both in my honorable mentions. Uh, I had perfect, mm-hmm. I had perfect places at eight and super cut at nine. Um, when I could, cause I just, I had such a hard time narrowing it down. I was like, I'm doing honorable mentions. I can't not. Uh, <laughs> I'll say I had those two and then I had liability tennis court and green light. Uh, what are your honorable mentions? So my honorable mentions, I had um, Yellow Flicker Beat just because I think it's a super, super cool song. But because I chose my top five for like more emotional reasons, I'm like Yellow Flicker Beat is about Katniss. (laughs) So so not very relatable. Um, And then her cover of Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Oh, yeah. Which she didn't write. So I feel like it didn't, it couldn't really count. But... I I think that is such an insanely good cover and it gives a different, like you hear her voice in a way you normally don't get to hear it. Um, and it's, uh, it's just so good. Absolutely. Her tone is perfect for that song. Um, uh, I will say I probably like her version better than the tears for fears. Um, but of course her role in the hunger games can never be, never be, uh, can never be said about too talked about too much because I think she was one of the best parts of those movies. Um, oh yeah. But I'll I'll get right into my number one here. Um, now that we got the honorable mentions. I'll say my number one is the Louvre. Um, it's uh, it's kind of like it's it's I would say not to uh, sound like I'm trivializing it, but it's like kind of like her falling in love song, like. Well, she says like a rush at the beginning or I am your sweetheart psychopathic crush. Uh, and, and, but it's also like, it's, it is like a falling in love song. Sure. Um, but it's so, it's so constructed and composed in a way that's so like, unlike any sort of falling in love song. Like you can't even really, like, it's really hard to find the rhythm of the song to dance to it, even though in her chorus or pre-chorus or whatever it is, she says, make them all dance to it it's like kind of not that kind of song either it's like sort of its own little art piece and it's like so it's so um immersive like i remember like hearing the first the first time i heard it i really just didn't like i kind of paused it and didn't pause the album and i was like i don't really i want to spend some time with this one before i go to the next uh because i just liked the sort of musical world that it created for me like it felt it felt so great to just be listening to it like um, it was sort of an infectious sense of, uh, her love, um, her joy. It was so, like, it was so emotional, but in, like, with those, with those really great emotions, the emotions you want to feel. And, um, I thought it was, like, a super strong song. It's still my favorite. It's probably not the one I've listened to the most, just because I think some of them, like you said, are probably catchier, but, like, in terms of, like, pure emotion and just, like, I think brilliance, I thought that the Lou was kind of perfectly constructed and it's everything I want from a Lord song. I I thought she really kind of nailed it. I think that's probably going to be my favorite of hers for a long time. Yeah, no, that's great. I honestly, when re-listening to the album yesterday, I didn't even click on this one. And I think it was because of the, like, I found to get very repetitive to bother me. And this one isn't even that repetitive. But, um, but yeah, looking at the lyrics now, like, I mean, I still think it's a great song. Like, I still, 
I still enjoyed it and loved it. And I definitely agree that it does kind of take you on this journey. And I think for me, one of my favorite parts is where she says, like, down the back, but who cares? Still the loom. And and because it, it, she, the way she says it, like, breaks it up, like, makes you pause. And I remember, like, the first time hearing her and playing that part and being like, where, like, what's she saying? Like, where were they hung? I want to know. <laughs> like, and just, I don't know. I just think, like, it's such a concept too um and and honestly reading the lyrics reminds me of this like very cheesy poem I wrote in high school about like I don't know just trivial friendships and how and I'm not gonna I don't remember the poem exactly but basically the whole idea was like the friendships are like you know taped up and they like a picture on a wall taped up and it's flimsy and it falls to the ground but then, like, once I meet the person, once I meet who I want to, like, marry, like, I'm going to, like, nail that picture into the wall. And, like, you know, even if we end up not staying together and, and the picture's taken away and there's, like, a hole in the wall, like, I'm going to, like, you know, glue it up the best way I can. And it was all dramatic. I was like, I'll still feel that hole in my heart every time I breathe. <laughs> like all of the nasty stuff (laughs) that whole idea of like wanting some kind of you know permanency I don't know if that's a word but you know just like feeling like this is so monumental this love this feeling is so huge like it needs to be on display for everyone and this like beautiful like you know incredible museum that has the best pieces of art in the world and I think that is a testament to what it feels like to be in love is to where you're like, this is as good as it gets. You're like, no one has ever felt this way in the whole world. Like, (laughs) they all say they're in love, but, like, do they really know? And just thinking, like, and I'm reading the lyrics here where she's like, I know you're not my type, so I fall. I'm sucker who let you fill her mind, but what about love? And then she said, like, nothing's wrong with it, supernatural. And this whole idea of, like, you're so in love with someone, like, nothing is going to stop it. Like, it doesn't matter if this seems crazy or if they're not your type or they're not what you picture for yourself in a good way, though. And just thinking, like, it, like nothing can stop this. Like, this is inevitable and this is bigger than life. And I think that's an incredible first pick because especially, like, reading the lyrics always gives clarity but yeah, I think it's a very like emotional, well put picture of what it's like to be in love. And especially like, I think it's talking like you're saying about especially the process of falling in love, which is for anyone very hard to articulate. Well, I, I have to agree with all that. I mean, I think it's definitely a good pick for number one. Um, and like, there's not, there's not really a bad Lord song, really. So I have to imagine that I'm also going to love your number one. What is your number one song? Mine is Liability, um, and I struggled with picking one, honestly, but I think for me, like, I think first off, like, it is just a beautiful song, like, it almost, like, her lyric talking about, like, she's dancing alone in her room with herself, like, I feel like that's almost what the song invites you to do, and I might just be being dramatic but it just kind of feels like you should be slow dancing with someone but it's very like kind of melancholy and it's oh it's just such a good song and and again I I mostly chose it for the lyrics 
I feel like it's by far one of her most relatable songs. And it's just this question of like, am I good enough? Do people like me? Like the lyric, like I'm a little much for anyone. And I think we've all struggled with that whole feeling. Like your entire life, that question will come up every now and then. But it's a heart-wrenching song. It's very sad. It's kind of like, I don't know if you're a Harry Styles fan, but one of my favorite songs off of his new album is Falling. And it is more about romance, but this whole idea where he's saying, like, uh, what is the lyric? Well, basically, like, am I someone that I want to spend time with? Or, like, I want to be in a room with? Or what do you say when you talk about me? And both of the songs are kind of touching on that that pain, that, like, that part of yourself that is just dying to know do the people around me think that I'm enough. And... I need to look up the lyrics to see if I can pull any more. But, I mean, I just think, yeah, for me, like, I think that is why, like, I don't know, the lyric where she's saying, like, she's a forest fire, I do my best to meet her demands, to where she's, like, basically saying, like, are you happy with me? I don't even know if I'm happy with me. I don't even know if I like myself. And I think it just touches on this, like, idea of, like, you know, when she talks about swaying alone with herself, this idea of, like, at the end of the day, like, we will always have ourselves and learning to grow within yourself and figure out who am I, who can I be, and learning to be happy with yourself as you are while still working to be who you want to be is such a tricky challenge and a journey that all of us are on. And so I think for this song, it touches much more on that kind of insecure side. But I think there is that message of hope laced in there to where it's saying, like, you know, I'll go home to myself and I'll figure these things out. And even though I'm asking these, like, heart-wrenching questions, like, you know, I'm not alone. Like, I still have myself and I can still figure these things out. And um, so, yeah, I think that is why that was my, my top choice. That's a amazing pick for sure. Um, I also like uh, about it that um, what made it what made melodrama like as soon as I heard it the first time I was like this is instantly like album of the year. Um, mm-hmm. What made it that for me was how she was so self aware in it too about like how her own fame had affected her in like the intervening four years mm-hmm. between albums, and what made me think that was absolutely this song um especially the uh when she writes uh the truth is i'm a toy that people enjoy till all the tricks don't work anymore and then they're bored of me mm-hmm. and that's i kind of felt like that was almost a little to me it read almost like a little bit of um concern that this album was not going to be met with the reception that pure heroin had and I think mm-hmm. it was. Uh, I don't think anything really came out of it like Royals' popularity did, um, but yeah. criti- critically, it was definitely an acclaimed album, and I don't think she has much to worry about with that. But I can definitely. I I loved that she was just thinking about fame in a really interesting way that I feel like not a lot of artists usually tend to do, because she almost seemed mm-hmm. to know that it was finite for her, but she decided to make art that she felt was right instead of trying to recreate the hits. And that was part mm-hmm. of what made liability. So, so gorgeous, honestly, great pick. Thank you. Yeah. And I think like kind of going off of that lyric, you mentioned the thing where it's like every perfect summer is eating me alive. until you're gone. 
and like you're saying, like that whole idea of like her recognition as a young artist, as a new artist, knowing like this isn't going to be enough. And I think that's all throughout the album. Her saying fame is going to basically eat me alive if I don't kind of root myself in other places. Um, and like you said, I think it's, I mean, I, in my Instagram caption, whenever I posted about her concert, I remember saying, like, thank you, Ella, for your vulnerability, because I just think as an artist, she is incredibly vulnerable from the beginning. As a new artist who put herself out in the way that she has continually done, um, as a female artist and as a young artist as well, like, just putting herself out there and not being apologetic. And, like, you're saying, like, basically saying, like, here's what I'm insecure about and trusting that that's not going to come back and hurt her either in sales or just, you know, people could take that and, and use it against her. But I think when when it comes down to it from the beginning and it seems like continually it will be this way, like she is going to be an artist that is true to herself, that's honest, that's vulnerable. And that, like you said, she's not doing this to get purely to get money. Like this is her form of art form of expression this is her putting her heart out there um and i think obviously she does it very beautifully well you you put it perfectly that, that is that is what is that is what we love about lord i mean it's mm-hmm. it's why we come back to her time and again three years after the album was released i feel like i still have so much to learn from it oh i know looking up the lyrics now i'm like how did i miss this <laughs> this is just absolutely beautiful she's just a a poet that can sing um and she's amazing i feel like she would be a great pal (laughs) she would be a great pal um but uh you're you're a great pal anna autry thank you so much for doing this yeah of course i was so excited i was telling patrick i was like oh dave asked me to be on his podcast (laughs) i think podcasts are so much fun i'm so glad that you're able to keep doing it during this time because it's definitely a fun thing that for me i know right now it's been a lot of fun and a nice break from stuff but for anyone i mean it's it's a a good thing to have yeah like it i always love to do it um and just just as a way of like like i usually i literally just straight up only do it as a way to keep in touch with people like it's just an excuse to talk to people but now like you said it's become like this thing that like now it's like almost like a lifeline sometimes Mm -hmm. no i'm sure that's a great reason to catch up with someone um because sometimes i know you might call someone and be like i don't even know what to talk about with you (laughs) but this sets it up perfectly and i'm so glad you reached out to me because i've missed you and you're definitely by far one of my favorite people at Disney. And I think back all the time just to, I don't know, all that Disney was, it's, it's hard not to reminisce on constantly. So that's that was really nice. I, I appreciate that. You're one of my favorites too. I, I miss you a great deal. I can't believe it's been almost like two years since we saw each other. Um, but yeah, thank you. I know. T- yeah. Two years feels absolutely unreal like it, i think it'll by far forever be one of the like favorite parts of my entire life and 
you know, I'm so grateful for it, but there's so many days where I'm like, I will never be able to recreate what that was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so many things had to go right for it to be what it was. I mean, in the end, we won't talk about the end, but for the <laughs> most part, it was just absolutely phenomenal. And I'm definitely glad to have met all the people that I got to meet. And I remember before I went to Disney, my friends were like, or some of my friends were like, there's going to be a lot of weird people there because they're, they're that obsessed with Disney and they have to be weird. And I was like, maybe they will be, but they'll be the same kind of weird as I am. And I mean, that's what happens. And so, but no, I remember really quick, one of my favorite memories with you was at Circus when we were closing and we were like exhausted and laughing at everything. And we talked, <laughs> and we talked about a guest came up and ordered the exact number of soda cans from behind the cart, like 23 Sprites, 33 Cokes, and like to where we didn't have to quite clean out the tree cart. And we just kept going with this ridiculous scenario to where like the man like knew our full names, even though they weren't on our name tags. And then all of a sudden, like all of us were changing places and like, he would walk up and be like, Dave Mello, it's time to go home. And like, your walkie-talkie was like, Dave, time to clock out. And I just remember laughing so hard, I was, like, hyperventilating. Because <laughs> like, I was like, this is my sense of humor to a T. And, like, working, you know, working at the food carts, we didn't get to, like, I mean, it was hard. You always were switching who you worked with. And I was like, who's this Dave guy? Like, I knew you, but I was like, wow we could have been such great friends for so much longer had we known we do have a similar sensibility like even when you said i said uh, all right do you want to do this lord podcast and you're like no i'm good <laughs> that, that, <laughs> it just it reminded me about how uh just we just we used to laugh all the time together it was it's it's very special it's a very special time and you're a special person thank you that's so nice you are too i yeah, I don't know. I think there are only so many people in your life that you connect with and on a on a deeper level that you're able to just, just get along so seamlessly. And I feel like you were always that person at Disney to where, like, whenever I saw you, I was like, uh, like, we're going to have a great conversation no matter what. Like, any day I saw you, I was like, there he is. So... <laughs> Well, that's Dave's not getting to turn the corner and being like, there's Dave, let's go have a laugh. <laughs> that's very nice of you. I, <laughs> yeah. That means a lot. Um, and this past hour and a half has been fantastic. I have loved it very much. <laughs> I'm glad I have too. It's been great. <laughs>